It's Friday. It's my favorite day. It's Blaine and Mickey. It's my favorite show with my favorite guys, Blaine Bishop and Lucas Pansica. Lucas, could we hit the rewind button to the beginning of yesterday's show? Could we just hit? What did we say at the beginning of yesterday's show? You said hey, it. You said it, Mickey Ryan. I'll let, I'll let Bishop, you give yourself the, the, the clout. Blaine Bishop has been saying for like three months, hey, man, when are they going to sign a veteran kicker? Like, I, I'll be waiting for that signing. So yesterday they go out and they kick six out of 10 combined, 60%. That's after 71.4% last year in the regular season, which was 31st. And that was after 44.4% in 2019 when everybody kicked for them, but Lucas Blaine and me. And so we're just trying to solve problems. We're problem solvers on the show. So for two hours a day, we're just like a spot you can go to on the radio or podcast or app or wherever you're listening and just know that problems get solved here for two hours a day. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, man, what about James Wilhoy? He's local. Yeah. That's his whole thing is coaching kickers. Because yeah. Blaine, who played 10 years in the NFL, if you're new to this show, has always said, I don't know what to do with kickers. Mm. I would just tell them, go kick a lot. Like, what? You need a specialist, like a kicker doctor. That's what I said, specialist. And you came up with James Wilhoy. And all of a sudden, Brable <laughs> was talking about James Wilhoy today. Man, are you privately working for the organization <laughs> as they, they're leasing you? <laughs> yeah. With an option to buy, they're leased like just like the rubber gloves and Fletch. All jokes aside, I thought this was a great move that was suggested by, by yours truly, Mickey Ryan. Great decision. Now, you know, is it just for during this, you know, training camp or is it during the season? Because you know, I, I love kickers. Aldo Greco is one of my best friends, and I, I would always just make sure you stay away from him and support him because there's no way in the heck I could do that job. Uh, and it's a tough job, especially a team like us where we lived and died by the field goal uh, and the kicker. Uh, is that, uh, you know, is this something continually? They need mental support. I mean, really in-game type situations and someone there for them. I, I really believe that. And uh, I think this is a great strategic move in that you're trying to develop and speed up the process of developing young kickers by having a kicking coach or specialist there to help them throughout. So I, I think this is a great move. It shows that they're all in, that they're really trying to go with one of these two guys until they disappoint. It really, because this is the only other move is you can say you bring in a veteran, uh, even if it's after, you know, the season starts or after the preseason is over, and say, yeah, with, with neither one of those guys can can really make it. And, and yeah. to me, you're gonna if you've gone that far, you might as well just wait and see what happens in a, in a regular season game and hope hope for the best, right? No, I do not want to hope for the best with a kicker. Not no, no. young, kicker. not no nope. young kicker. No way. Just think if Gronkowski had been a young kicker, they might have given up on him. But his past history told you, okay, this guy has shown that he is a legitimate clutch kicker. And then he got through, you know, the rough patch of, you know, coming off of surgery, hip surgery and everything else, which is a interesting surgery when you're a kicker. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden he was booming it like he was back in New England. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for them to make this move and, and that they're, uh, you know, hopefully doing the best they can do to help these guys be successful in the league and help the team out. So we shall see. But hey, man, got to. Pat Mickey Ryan on the back on that that suggestion of actually the the specialist coach. I mean, I've been talking about I'd bring in another coach because I don't know nothing about kicking. <laughs> you said the actual <laughs> name of the coach. 
and you need to tell James Wilhoyt, do you get a, a finder's fee or something <laughs> by making that happen? I mean, man, good Lord, man, you are in tight, man. I'm going to just call you Mickey slash Blaine and Mickey show slash assistant GM. Coach <laughs> yeah <laughs> specialist <laughs> uh, thank you thank you yes part-time uh nah it's cool well, big time it, it, here's the thing about about will hoy too and it goes back to what you were saying about these two guys great guy too and does a great job working with the kickers all across the country so yeah a- absolutely has worked with kickers at my school probably no matter what school you like he's maybe worked with somebody who's kicking at your school too that the guy is, is on the short list for anybody who wants help with this it's a billion dollar league they can throw a few more thousand dollars to try to solve the kicking coach thing i mean well worth I, it. I, I, this is so worth it and here's the other thing and this goes back to something a point that you were making i'm trying to make notes here uh, then I kind of got to I, I got to feeling too good when you were calling me all those nice names like you know <laughs> associate gm but if you're getting close to the end of camp, you can go to Will Hoyt and you could say, is this the best we're going to get from these guys? Yeah. Is, this, is this just who they are? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's not going well. Because this isn't just some guy who also is trying to guide a gunner and some guy who's trying to align a, you know, a punt return, which is what Ackerman has to do. This is a guy who's only in the head of kickers. And you can go to that guy. Like you could go to me and you could ask me about base players. And I could probably give you some pretty good insight on base players because that's what I know. I've been a base player for 30-something years. Well, it's the same with Will Hoyt. They can go to him, Blaine, and they could say, is this the best we're going to get from these guys? Here's all their kicks charted. You're with them every day. You talk to them. Is this the best we're going to get? If so, do we need to make a move? And this is a guy who knows, yep, right now for these guys, this is who they are. Or, or no, this kicker A or kicker B, they can go so much better, and they will, and here's what we're working on. I think he can not only coach the kickers, I think he can give the coaches some unbelievable insight in those meetings of like, here's where this guy is, and here's where this guy is, and here's how he's progressing or not progressing. Yeah, and it also even goes deeper, Mickey, just to add to what you just said. I completely agree with that. But he talked about today rest. See, I yep. would be that ding-dong to be like, you're the <laughs> kicker. You can kick every day. The receivers are catching balls every day. The DBs are backpedaling every day. Why can't you kick? The quarterbacks are throwing every day. Why can't you kick every day? Well, that's how you uh, make a a good kicker's leg go dead. (laughs) See? So I would need to know that. I I would think he could kick every day. It's just like playing kickball. Come on. (laughs) Hey, man, the quarterbacks throw every day. Why aren't you going to go kick? Yeah, see, and so that's why I said I I know nothing about how to manage the workload and how much they're kicking and working on their steps and footwork and timing with your long snapper and the holder. I mean, it's just it's a really interesting you know position, man, because there's just one little thing could go wrong, and we all don't pay attention to the extra point or field goal. Oh man, all we see is the result. He missed or made it. We don't care. Right. And there's a lot of things in there. The ball was a little higher inside and threw off the timing of the kicker and the holder. I mean, man. So, uh, first of all, you got to get resolved that they can actually be the kicker in the National Football League and be consistent enough to help the team out when needed. Uh, So, that, that, you know, hey, so I, man, I I applaud them uh, to to make uh, this hire that Mickey Ryan requested. (laughs) I really do. 
because you have to have an open mind when you're in an organization. And not to say that, you know, they really thought they might have been thinking about this, all jokes aside. And then they say, you know what, let's just kind of give somebody who's really an expert at this and then listen to them and then make our decision then. And that probably could be after the preseason. You know, so I, I think that's how you make decisions when, you know, you're the big boys and, you know, you're the head coach or GM or owner, CEO of any company. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really I applaud them and I, I really like this move. So if you're going to go this way, let's make sure we we cross, you know, and dot our eyes here to make sure we get the right kicker in here. If, if, if it's going to be one of these guys. Look, I, I, I'm not one to, to say this is the move that wins you the Super Bowl. I, right. I, I, I'm not that guy, but I am this guy. Look at what Nick Saban does, Blaine. Okay, we'll add Butch Jones as an analyst. Okay, we'll just add every guy that gets fired as an analyst. We got money. We can pay them. Well, the Titans have money. The NFL has money. We'll just add all these guys. And, and, and he's pulled from those analysts, and they've become, you know, they've moved up the ladder, and, and guys have left, and Saban has said, you know, this is the guy that figured this out. This is the guy that brought this in. He's not afraid to try anything new. Now, think about it. And you've talked about even the way he coaches, even the type of players they were getting. Like, instead of just huge mammoth guys on defense, they got faster. He's even changed the way they recruit and the way they they kind of build their guys and, and, and how they work in the strength and conditioning. Those are things you pointed out. I credit the Titans for saying, we're not getting, we need a real eyes on this who know what they're doing. It, it, it's a few thousand dollars or whatever you're paying James Wilhoy. Get him in here. I love a forward-thinking organization and an yeah. owner who's like, just tell me who to make the checkout to, which is all Amy Adams Strunk has done since she's been here. She got the biggest checkbook of anybody I've ever known. Yeah, yeah, no doubt by, uh, you know, the increased size of the uh, facility over there with a whole nother wing <laughs> to the area. I think it's more like 75,000 square foot wing. I do not like my, you know, 3,000 square foot wing. But seventy five thousand. So yeah. you know, hey, when she goes big, she I mean when she she makes it since she goes big. <laughs> yep, that's what she said. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think there's like a parking garage now. Yeah. Like there was a picture of people walking out of a parking garage. They're just okay, yeah. I mean, literally, she's like, Okay, what do we need? A, a parking because people need to understand those aren't cheap. Like this is not like you added you know, a porch on the back of your house. No. They're just Port of Cachet, not, yeah, no. 75,000 feet in a parking garage. James Wilhoit. I mean, it just never stops over there. Yeah. It, it just never stops with her. And, and, and ultimately, you don't want this kicking situation to be the reason why you're not advanced as far as you want to make it. And that's to the Super Bowl and win it. So yep. whether it's be home field advantage, a game during a regular season, as I said yesterday, or a miss, you know, extra point in a playoff game just because, you know, you just shanked it or whatever. So just want to make sure if you go down this route and it's still possibly it could happen, you did everything in your possibility as a staff to make sure that we did the best we could do. You can't you can't make the kicks for them. But you make the best decision, you know, for your organization. And I, I think that's the route they're going down right now. So, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm actually excited. And I never get excited about, like, a kicking coach or something, you know, kick, kicking anything. I, I just, like, that's just something I just don't know anything about my head. I beat and pulled a hamster and tried to kick a ball. I told you I couldn't even make a four-yard <laughs> field goal. So, hey, I was good friends with me and out that Greco because that was one guy that I was uh, taller than. <laughs> Touche. 
And let me, so we let me ask you, Chip, just because of that and walking out there looking like we were big brutes out there as the captain. <laughs> and, and we would stand in the middle and we let Bruce Matthews on one end and then Eddie George on the other end. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, man, y'all not going to beat us. We're the two <laughs> biggest, baddest dudes right here. Yeah, right. That's how it used to be. And they look at us like, man, this team is small. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lucas is going to be on our butt to take this commercial break. But you mentioned Bruce Matthews in a pinch. Living could he have been? Could he have been the kicker? Because you always talk about him like he could do anything. Uh, could he have been the kicker? Dude, hey, they, I heard I heard Buck talking about the best athletes on the team. Bruce Matthews, the living legend, would have been the best athlete of all time. In Euler Titan history. This dude was back there catching like 10 punt returns. I mean, he caught 10. I couldn't even, man, I could catch maybe one, two, maybe. Like when I say two, he's got one ball in the arm and then he's going to catch another ball. And then he caught another ball. Then he caught another one. And he still has all the other football <laughs> in his arms. I'm like, what the heck? And so it was like, Bruce can't play if it was decided who's going to run and who drops the balls and they use an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. That's unfair. He could catch them better than the skilled guys. So, it was, yeah, he was, he was phenomenal. He could play quarterback, punt, kick. He played every position on offensive line. Shoot, he could probably yeah. play tight end. Man, this guy's phenomenal, man. There's, there's nothing. He was one of a kind. He's a, he's a different breed, man. He was different, man. <laughs> Man, and the <gasps> nicest guy you would ever want to meet, man. I, I mean, he, his personality was like Mickey Ride. Like he would be, <laughs> it, it, he would hurt a fly, you know, unless he turns into H Town Mickey. So I'm sure that's what Bruce would do on game day. But he was so serious. I got to tell you this: he would knock somebody down and deplete him. Right? I'm like, dang, he just wow, he destroyed that guy. And so he comes to the sideline, and I, I just say, hey, man. I just want to ask you, this is what's going on in the game. During the game, he's like, hey, what do you, what do you, what's going on, man? Hey, um, why did you help him up? Why did you help that guy up that you knocked on his fanny? He says, oh, I was just helping him up because I told him, you're going to be getting up a lot, so I was going to help you up this time. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, somebody would have told me I'm going to be helping you up a lot. You're going to be getting down there a lot. I'm going to get you this time. I would be like so hot. I would be so mad. As, hey, and he said it with the coolest, calmest, and that's how you knew it was real. Yeah, man, that's that's how that's gonna be long way for. I'm like, huh? I All right. walked away with like 50 million question marks and exclamation marks above my head. Like, what the heck is going on with this dude? Then I watched him again, and he up there knocking two or three dudes down. Dang. On one play. One play. <laughs> One play. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to catch my breath. We got unbelievable. We got to take it. What <laughs> when, when we, when we come it's back? My face. I am not laughing. I know, I know you're not. I know you're, you're serious. <laughs> when we come back, uh, Fox 17, they got a new anchor reporter doing sports, Jill Jelnick, straight out of, hey man, not H Town, but San Antonio, Texas. We got lots to get to. Get her impressions on the Titans, on Nashville, all that. The newest TV reporter. For sports in town, Jill Jeldick next on Blaine and Mickey. Fox. Blaine, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. I think we've got uh, Lucas in our headphones here. He's talking to uh, Jill Jeldick, who's about to join us. Uh, he's getting off the phone. All right. Yeah, yeah thank, we'll have to thanks, tell Lucas. Lucas uh, 
for talking during our show. Well, there's a there's a button that he has to hit. I think he hit. I think he hit the button. There's like a button you hit and he, he did. talk to us, and that button used to get stuck. And so, like JT would be producing the show back in three HL days, and and the button would get stuck, and so he'd be in there talking to anybody who came in and that kind of thing, and we could just hear all of it. And we like to think of ourselves as multitaskers, but it's hard to talk while a completely different thing is going on in your ears. Now, TV anchors know all about that. We got the newest sports TV anchor and reporter who joins us now, Jill Jelnick, Fox 17. And Jill, I came from the TV world. Blaine's done some TV. We were busting on <laughs> Lucas because he was talking to you, but he left the button pressed down so we could hear him no, talking to you. button got jammed. Button got jammed. It's not your fault. Yeah, it we, did. No, yeah. we, we totally blamed the button. No, it's TV. always your fault. It's, it's on the button. It has nothing to do with the button. It's Blame you. it on the button. <laughs> but, Jill, you know Come this. On, guys. To be a good team. This is, this is be, my to first be a week, TV and I'm anchor. already in trouble. <laughs> no, no, you are not in trouble, only Lucas. But when you're a TV anchor, there's always somebody talking in your ear the whole time. And and when I, and my experience was they were always saying, hey, we've got to cut some of your time. We're going to drop your fourth story. Oh, we're going to drop your third story. It was that kind of thing. I know they never oh, do that to you. Oh, man, they were talking in my ear while I was talking. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> and it, and it's never good. Whatever they're saying in your ear, yeah. like you said, Mickey, it's never a good thing. And so all you know is even if you can't hear what they're saying, you're just like, oh, man, this is we're going down. We're going down. <laughs> it, it is hard. It is hard sometimes. I'm just glad. I didn't talk crap about you guys on air. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Now, I, I'm going to say, I feel like I'm kind of not worthy to join this discussion. I may just need to let you and Blaine talk because he's a former Titan. He's a Division One athlete. Well, it turns out you're also a college softball player. Maybe you guys just need to tell some old, you know, sports stories to each other. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Blaine, Blaine, when you have a 10 year NFL career, that that's kind of a big deal. And, and clearly, Blaine, you being in Nashville, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. And I'm really excited to be covering your former team. But yes, I did play uh, college softball at East Carolina University, go Pirates. Um, I am from California originally. So I literally went from the West Coast, to the East Coast just to play college softball. And I'll tell you this quick story. This is how they hooked me. I wanted to play D1. I really didn't. I, I, the American Conference, Conference USA, actually, Conference USA was when ECU was there from when I played. And um, I went to a, an ECU game, ECU versus Marshall. I was tailgating, and I'm going through this parking lot, and I'm like, whoa. Like, this is – we don't have this in Southern California. We don't – we don't have this for UCLA, USC, not to the magnitude of the South, right? And I just remember looking as I'm going through the, all these tailgates, and there's a pig head on a stake with pig feet and pig hands. And I was like, that's it. I'm in. Count me in. This is what I want my college experience to be like. And that was easily one of the best decisions I've ever made. So there you go. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> no doubt. Welcome to God's country. Jill Jelnick, she joins us. Uh, Spock, uh, Forts, I can't say words. Fox 17 sports anchor and reporter just got here uh, from Texas, and she joins Blade and me right now. Yes, uh, Jill, thanks for coming on. I, I, I know you came from Texas. Were, were you in the San Antonio, Dallas, or Houston area? Were you in San Antonio area? Yes, sir. I was in San Antonio covering the one and only Coach Pop and the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but I, I came from a 30-minute sports show that we had in San Antonio, which was a little unprecedented. 
And because of that, I got to go to Dallas and cover the Cowboys, um, as well as Houston and cover the Astros and Texans. So I got, I definitely got a, a good, um, a, a good tour of Texas while I was down there the last three years. And, you know, being at um, Titans training camp this week, I'm, I've been drawing a lot of comparisons to um, Oxnard Cowboys camp. I was, I was fortunate enough to cover Cowboys camp 2018, 2019. And I'm telling you, Jerry Jones, he puts on a show over there. It's almost like it, it's so glamorous what the Cowboys do. It's so funny. And then all this week at Titans training camp at, at St. Thomas sports park, it, it's all business. <laughs> it's, it's all business. You know, the, they, the players are getting after it. There's no uh, celebrities on the side. There's, you know, obviously there's no fans this year. So that, that obviously has a huge impact on it. But the comparison between the two training camps um, has, been, has been so interesting. And I think for me, shooting on the sideline and getting to know the Titans players and what they look like, that's been, um, that's been really fun. And it's only been my first week on the job. <laughs> No doubt about it. Well, with Jill Jenick, uh, with Sports Anchor, uh, Fox 17, I guess. Tell little people about the Riverwalk. I mean, I used to go to training camp, and that Riverwalk, I'm sure it's way better now, but I'm sure there's a lot of other things <laughs> to San Antonio, too. But, uh, man, that was like the big thing there in uh, San Antonio. Oh, and it, it still is. It's, it's um, you know, it's not quite the magnitude of uh, Broadway, but it, yeah. it would be the equivalent in, in San Antonio. And I will tell you this, I already miss Tex-Mex, the Mexican food over there, and the margaritas. Those, those are some pretty good margaritas. Yeah. So if y'all have a, uh, a good margarita spot here in Nashville, please let me know. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, well, with Jill Jelnick, uh, with Fox 17, I guess one more for me before I give it back to Mickey, and that is, what kind yeah. of advice would you give to young ladies who are trying to get into the industry? They're in college now. Any advice like to give them, you know, about the industry and how to kind of move throughout it and, you know, maybe do some interns and everything else. I don't know what your storyline is. Kind of take us through what maybe you did and maybe that's some of the things that you would recommend to some other ladies. Absolutely. No, that's a great question. And it's, it's definitely the question I get the most um, in terms of what kind of advice would you give? And this goes for both men and women. My, my biggest thing is keep an open mind. You are so young. You're going through college. You're trying to navigate through, through being a young adult. you got a lot going on, and you may think you want to go this way or you, you're interested in this, interested in this. Do an internship and, and take a chance on something you think you might be interested in, either during college or coming out of college, because you never know. I, I Real quick to tell you my story, when I was at ECU, I got my master's in teaching. The plan was to be a high school English teacher, high school softball coach. I wanted to be the first female athletic director in Orange County. And one day when I was teaching in the classroom, I just, I missed athletics and I missed being part of a team. And I, I went to my counselor. I was like, hey, listen, I, I think I'm not supposed to go into teaching just yet. I, I don't know. And she said, well, you can talk well. You, you have great communication skills, literacy skills, writing skills you know sports, and you talk a lot. Have you ever considered sports broadcasting? And I said, no, never in my life. And, and keep in mind, this is when I'm 22, right? 20, I just, um, I'm finishing my grad school degree, and I happened to pop over into the, the local CBS station right there in Greenville, and the sports director welcomed me with open arms. He remembered me from softball. And I'm telling you guys, day two of that internship, and I was like, crap. 
I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And that was the turning moment for me. And so my biggest advice is if you think you're interested in sports broadcasting, if you think you want to be on camera, if you think you just want to do something with sports media, give it a shot, do an internship. And at the very least, if you know you don't like it, cross it off, move on to the next one. But you've got to keep an open mind. So that's my biggest advice. Mm, we're just listening to the advice of Jill Jelnick uh, with Sports <laughs> uh, Anchor with Fox 17. Yeah. Yeah, my college counselor was like, hey, man, do you think you could get out of here any sooner? We've seen all of you that uh, we ever want to see. That was, that, that, her, her advice was, hey, can you leave quicker? Uh, but uh, luckily, you got some great advice, and you're following the right path because we know you're doing a great job over at Fox. So let me ask you this. Titans fans, yeah. Jill, and, and you're, you're new, so this is a great – like this is kind of a great social experiment here. Like Titans fans always say, nobody respects this team. They get no respect nationally. Derrick Henry's the king, and – People always say he's the third best running back, and Ryan Tannehill's not on anybody's top ten list. So you obviously had outside perspective on the team from covering the Texans. Now that you've been here and covered the team, I'm just curious to, to hear your thoughts on, like, gosh, maybe these guys are a little underrated, or maybe they are who I heard they were. How is all that? That's a, that's a great question, Mickey. And you're right, having come from South Texas and the Texans and, and watching the last couple of seasons – the, the Titans are quickly gaining the respect, especially in that division. They're coming off the division championship, right? And I think maybe you walk back as far as maybe even like three years ago, and I think the big change was, was the change from Malarkey to Vrabel. Um, Vrabel was coming in with from the Texans, right? Um, under the Bill Belichick tree, he had a lot, a lot of um, experience and a lot of hype surrounding that. And he's done an amazing job since he's been there. So I, I really think um, having covered the Texans and, and following that division, it, that shift changed three years ago. Um, and Titans have quickly started gaining that respect absolutely last year. And now, in my opinion, they're definitely the team to beat in that division, um, especially when you look at their off-season additions, um, as well as the overall health of the team. This is a team that's not, not only doing really well, but coming together um, really quickly. Um, and it's going to be an exciting season to watch. I am so glad I came here when I did. <laughs> Jill Jelnick, our guest, absolutely. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Let's put on your, your Texans hat for a second. People okay. in local markets typically know a lot more about, okay, this is what we think is really going to happen with the situation. I'm not asking you to be an attorney or to give any kind of commentary on that, but just what do you think happens with Deshaun Watson this year? I think a lot of people thought he'd be on the commissioner's exemplist by now. He hasn't. I know he would be tough to trade right now because there are so many unknowns. Curious to get your thoughts on what might happen with him and the Texans this year as far as what you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's been very interesting to watch because I I'm, I agree with the rest of that group that thought he would be on the, the commissioner's um, exemplist uh, as far as right now, but but he's not, right? So I feel like we're in this part of a uh, kind of a limbo, just waiting to see what happens. He showed up to camp, you know, and I think that that said something from from his stance um, in terms of okay, I'm 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 running with this. We're going to work with this. Um, but as far as the NFL goes, they have a really big decision to make. They got to figure out what they want to do with this. Um, because I don't see him being cleared 
anytime soon. I don't see um, I don't see a conclusion in right before the start of the season, and so that's when the next. That's why I think the next couple weeks are going to be uh, so crucial for not just the Texans but the NFL to figure out what they want to do. Um, it's it's tough. Um, I, I'll be honest. I was a, a big Deshaun Watson fan. Um, and, and same with Dak Prescott. I, I love the fact that I got to cover two of those top quarterbacks um, in the league. Um, and they both have done a lot to help their communities. Um, but when everything went down with Deshaun this summer, it, it was heartbreaking. Um, and so right now, I think from a media perspective, I, I hope we figure out what's going on soon um, because I, I know that that Texans team um, is really struggling right now. So very interesting topic for sure. Yes, ma'am. At Jill Jelnick, you need to follow her on Twitter. She's with Fox 17 Sports, and she joins us now here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Jill, under the radar is naturally Dupree, who was on the PUP. But all of a sudden, he's showing up on the, I guess, close contact with COVID. Uh, So he's on the COVID list, too. Kind of explain us what that actually means, because I have no idea. You know, I'm not the brightest tooth in the nail. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is a great question um, and very important for fans to know, because I think it's a bummer for, for Bud Dupree to come here, right? A lot of hype surrounding him. And then not only is he on the PUP list, he makes a second list um, oh. and it's the COVID-19 list. And basically guys, what that means is um, the, the team cannot disclose exactly what it is, but it's one of two things. He either tested positive for COVID-19 or he has been in close contact with someone that has had COVID-19. Um, the, rule, the rules are they cannot disclose which one of those two options it is, but because he's on that COVID-19 list, that means he either tested positive or has been in close contact um, with someone. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of, it, it's tough for Dupree. You know, I think a lot of um, not just his, his team, but fans and, and us were looking forward to kind of seeing him. But then on that PUP list, which was a little bit expected, um, and then this. So not exactly a, a concrete timetable on when when he'll be back, especially with him being on the pup list as well. But um, that's what that means. One or the one of those two things. And lastly, for me, there, Jill, is uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Tannehill kind of was uh, open about, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, getting the vaccination. Uh, what were your thoughts when he was explaining it? Uh, you know, he wanted to be around his teammates and the NFL was making it really difficult. But actually, did you ever even hear him say what was his reasoning behind waiting so long to get the vaccination? What was his concerns? Yeah. Yeah. So the, so I was there at that press conference. That was Wednesday. Um, Tannehill spoke the first day of practice, which was technically the second day of, of camp. And uh, he volunteered kind of the information about him saying, quote, or about him admitting he would not have gotten the vaccination if the NFL rules were, weren't so extensive. And a reporter in the press conference followed up and said, would you mind kind of talking a little bit about how come you didn't? or how come you you didn't want to get the vaccination and Tannehill smiled and kind of laughed and he said you know what I I don't know if I want to get into all of that right now so I'm going to pass 
Um, but then he, again, he followed up with the reason, ultimately the reason why he did get the vaccination, which was simply because he wanted to be there for his team. He, the rules say, um, there's several new rules that say you can't eat with the rest of the team. If you're doing a strength and conditioning workout, you have to work out separate from the team with only a small group of players. The rules make it very difficult to create a team atmosphere and Tannehill was adamant in not in making sure that as a as a huge leader on this Titans team, he wanted to be a part of every team activity as often as he could. Good stuff. Thanks, Jill. Well, Jill, the 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 youth of America's loss is the sports world's gain. You know, you decided not to teach, but here you are. You're doing sports. You're hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Uh, love the story going from one coast to another, and then falling in love with the South. You know, Blaine and I we're Blaine's an Indiana guy. I'm from Arkansas, so I'm actually north of where I grew up. Now, Blaine had to come down here. So I have one one final question for you. And, again, here's Jill's yep. Twitter handle, at Jill Jelnick. You need to tell her all the great places where she can get Tex-Mex food and a margarita here. She came from <laughs> she came from San Antonio, but let's give her Nashville's best. It's a great eating city. Here's my one question. I ask everybody in your in your position that you find your way to the south. Do you or do you not like sweet tea? Because this will tell me whether or not we can be friends. <laughs> I love me some sweet tea. Are you kidding me? I love me some sweet tea, and I love me some barbecue, okay? Down in Texas, we love our brisket, so I'm, I'm eager to, to try the ribs over here in Tennessee. A little bit more of a dry rub here is, is what I'm told. So I'll go, can we go ahead and add barbecue places to that, to that food list for, for me? That would be great. <laughs> all right. So hit her up at Jill Jelnick. Tell her all the great places to eat in Nashville. And just, just tell her what category. This is such a great city, and she's going to fit in well here. Jill, thank you for the time, and let's do this again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You have a good one. Appreciate it, Jill. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. And catch her on Fox 17, sports anchor and reporter at Jill Jelnick on Twitter. And again, tell their places to eat, places to go find a nice drink. You know, make her feel welcome in this uh, beautiful city of Nashville. When we come back, there's some breaking news out of the AFC South. Huh? And it's not about the Titans, but it is about a quarterback of another team in the oh, division. Man. Titans fans are going to be interested to hear this. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks again to Jill Jelnick for joining us. Again, catch her on Fox 17. You can follow on tw- uh, on Twitter at Jill Jelnick, double J, just like Jeff Jarrett, you, so you can remember that easily there. Um, she also wants some food recommendations, so tell her where to go eat in Nashville. Uh, Carson Wentz may need some doctor recommendations. This from Adam Schefter, and, I, and I've seen it starting to bubble out of Indy this morning. Uh, here's the latest from Adam Schefter, Mr. Music City Miracle Truther, who thinks it was a forward pass, which you ding-dong, <laughs> you goofball. There's a hundred different angles of this play, so just stop the charade and stop acting. That's like me saying, the sun didn't come up this morning. I'm sitting in my room. I got foil over the windows. The sun didn't come up. Come on, man. Someone's got to be there to I hold his Mickey name, back. I just get PO'd every time I say his name. But Lucas sends me a tweet from him, which automatically – ticks me off and then i'm like okay i have to read this because this is pertinent information to titans fans but really there's like all these people Stephen holder there's all these people who cover the colts he sends me this from adam schefter but i'm gonna read it lucas this is for you now you can see my face is all red because of adam schefter this is for you lucas colts quarterback carson wentz is out indefinitely as he undergoes further testing on a foot that he suffered foot injury that he suffered 
at the end of Thursday's practice. And here you go, Lucas, per Mike Wells, that's the culture porter. So next time, click right on through and let me not even think about Adam Schefter. I'd rather think about <laughs> Mike Wells. He says, second-year quarterback Jacob Eason took the starter reps today with Sam Ellinger as his backup. Hey, man, if you're the Colts, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, Blaine, are you just caught? Are you caught? Yeah, from SEC, newest team, Texas. Are you not calling everybody right now who's like ever thrown a pass in the NFL, their agent, and saying, I want Blake Bortles in for a tryout? I want, you know, the ghost of Johnny Unitas in for a tryout. I mean, are you not trying to get everybody you can? And who knows if this is serious or not. But if you had to say, because I'm going to take Deshaun Watson off the table because we don't even, who knows if he'll even get to play. And people can go back and listen to the podcast with Jill later. And she talked about that because she used to cover the Texans. Of all the guys that we know are going to play this year in the division, Carson Wentz is probably under the most pressure. Because the Colts have got a great team. Now, they got a couple of questions with the offensive line. Maybe the receivers are a little old, a little log in the tooth. But they got offense. I mean, they've got weapons. They're the other team that's supposed to challenge the Titans for the division. It all rests on the shoulders. And now the foot of Carson Wentz. This is a heck of a development that's going on in Indy with a guy who's got a lot of pressure on him already. Yeah, I'd love to know how the actual injury happened. Like, was he, did he step on his foot? Was he outside the pocket running and landed funny? It kind of gave me a better idea. You know, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer someday. So I want to be able to say, oh yeah, that's what he has. Then guess what he had. And then, you know, through my, all the injuries that I've had or seen. Uh, so I have no idea the extent of it. So I, them, you know, going on the waiver wire, looking for quarterbacks and everything else there. There's plenty out there, even if you want to wait till some guys get cut or what have you. So uh, not saying that I'm a, a cheerleader, uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, not cheering for anything about about the Colts. That's for sure. You know, my family still throws stuff in my face, you know, with, with Colts gear on it and everything else. Oh, after I finished playing with the Titans, so that was fun. So, hey, you know, yeah, they, they need someone with experience if they're talking about going as far as they want to. But, hey, not forget, we got to see Eason a little bit there. He was at uh, Georgia first, right? And then, uh, yeah, until he got injured. And then, uh, you know, Ellinger is a tough, thick, strong kid. Uh, you know, you don't know what his future may hold as, as a starting quarterback. But, it, but, you know, if you keep giving him opportunities, he's somebody that uh, could be a serious threat. He's probably built like Tim Tebow, but with an arm of, uh, you know, a little, a little better arm. Let's just say that he's done have the long release. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man. Hey, always, uh, you know, never good to hear good news about it, somebody getting injured. But, uh, hey, whatever you can get, you take it. But you always want to beat the Colts at their best. So yeah. I, I really want to see if he mentally can get back on the right track and stay healthy under uh, Coach Frank Wright. Yeah, because he supposedly is the guru to get this guy unlocked since he's gotten locked up uh, since uh, he left from coaching in Philly. Remember, Wentz was just – he was going to be that guy. You know, he could run and he could throw. and I mean, he was just going to be that guy. And he did have, you know, a couple of years of that guy type play. He and, he gets, and here's the thing about GM Bishop, athletic director Bishop, never wants to give the contract too early. If you listen to the show, you know that. 
he may have gotten that contract way too early from oh, the Eagles. Absolutely did. And now they had to eat that thing. Trade. I mean, general manager Bishop would not. It, it would have been an easy party for general manager Bishop because he would have still been on that rookie deal. Like, okay, yeah, here you go. Yeah, have at it. Yeah, the the organization actually there in Philly now that I, you know I have a little bit of background history there. Uh, they always with uh, young good players sign them early before their contracts are up like the year before the contract's up. Uh, so, and he was playing phenomenal and you could see his upside. And then once he got injured, the back, then the knee, then the downside, and then they had, you know, and then he didn't play. Then he came back and played horribly uh, with not a, I mean, I don't want to put it all on him, but once you fray your offense, you know, your quarterback and mentally, you know, they didn't have a good line, all the injuries to the, you know, receivers. I mean, it, it was a tough deal. Uh, and then you got to deal with the, the media there in Philly is, uh, let's just say, not a city of brotherly love. <laughs> Once again, uh, so uh, I don't know where that came from. I'd love to know. I'm sure somebody can call in and educate me on why they called that, but uh, they are definitely not that to anybody that's outside of Philly. And then once uh, you're not good enough for them, then they will turn on you. And I think that really just buried him mentally. And then, you know, as an athlete, you're paying attention, but you're not hearing everything. But, man, you start trying harder and pressing harder to do well, not only for yourself, but for the city. And and it just didn't happen, so for whatever reason. So now he's in uh, Indy, and, and the uh, injury history continues. So we shall see where they go. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past. Easton's a big, strong arm. Let's not forget his papa played in the NFL. And he wasn't too shabby because if you start in the NFL at quarterback for a long period of time, you are pretty freaking good. So don't put it past. Hey, Issa, I know no experience. Well, guess what? When he plays the Titans, he'll have about three or four games of experience if Carson Wentz is not out there. So, yeah, man. They got a good running back, you know, good running backs. So they can hold the fort with an, you know, just solid young quarterback if they have to. By the way, a lot of people tweeting at the Colts telling them to pick up Nick Foles, saying it's worked one time before, so why not try yeah, it? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. He, he, you know he would know the playbook. Yeah. Yeah, see, that. that's what I'm saying. There's some better quarterbacks out there, so I – hey, man, I may be better off. I want Carson Wentz out there. <laughs> so, there you go, Wentz. We got to get to hour number two. We'll hear from Mike Rabel next. Uh, it's funny. He got asked a question about like national perception of the team and kind of blew it off. And then he said something that made me think he knows what the national perception is. We'll play that audio next. It's hour two. Also, we'll hear from lawyer Dan Lust. He's been on the show before about all this doc, about all this stuff that's going on with the Big 12 and college football and how all that's going to work out. We'll get to all that next in hour number two of Blade and Mickey. First, though, let's do this. My friend, Dr. Lloyd, is on the line with my great place that I love to tell you about Cedar Recovery. And, Doc, you guys are trying to end this opioid addiction in Tennessee. Let's talk to people about methamphetamine and fentanyl. Let's educate the people. Yeah, Mickey, the, the, the problem we're seeing right now is that there is a lot of methamphetamine use going on in Tennessee, and, and, and people who are using it don't even realize there's fentanyl in it. And as you know, fentanyl is a is a stronger cousin to heroin, and so they wind up, when they stop methamphetamine, they get sick. 
and, and may or may not realize they were dealing with deadly fentanyl. So if we have anybody out there that's using uh, methamphetamine, please know about that. And if you get sick when you stop taking it and need help, uh, give us a call. Dr. Lloyd, thank you as always. Love talking with you and getting your perspective. That's Dr. Stephen Lloyd of Cedar Recovery. They've got a location near you. They make same-day appointments. You can visit cedarrecovery.com or you can call them now. one or 615-800-5330 to begin your journey to feel better, get better, and stay better. Cedar Recovery Addiction Treatment that works. 